Hey, how's it going? I'm Nick, the host of the Echo Academy podcast, a podcast where we tap into the world's collective wisdom and experience to learn how we can be more resilient. In this episode, I speak with media personality and content creator Jade Sia. Jade reflects back on her career thus far, how she would define it for herself, the ups and downs, and the lessons she's learned so far. But more importantly, she also talks to us about what continues to drive her and what she's passionate about. If you're interested to find out more about Jade and what she's working on right now, you can go to echo.academy forward slash Jade. That's E-K-H-O dot A-C-A-D-E-M-Y forward slash J-A-D-E. I hope you enjoy Jade's story. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Jade Sia. Thanks, Jade. I mean, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, I, I suppose, like, even before we like really start like the podcast in general, and yeah. you know, it, it's always interesting because you've you've kind of made like a few transitions. Like you, you, you first started out, you know, with Miss Singapore Universe, and then you know you became an actress, and then a social media personality, and then you're also developing your business. You know, as an yeah. entrepreneur, but I'm also curious. Like, how would you choose to define yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that I have to say that that is probably my least favorite question, whether <laughs> in a professional context or even um, like at a party. And uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna get upset with you, but it's just it's my least favorite question because I don't know how to answer that in a concise way, right? I think that you know, and especially. I guess I get different permutations of the question. Also, things like so you don't do TV anymore, so you don't do radio anymore, and the short answer is actually there is no short answer. Okay, <laughs> the long answer. It's okay. Right? I, I, I don't mind. I I can take the long answer. <laughs> okay, the long answer is I feel like these are all things that I I still do. It's just that with limited time, um. I've had to pick, right? I mean, there are things along the way that I've realized that I don't like doing as much. Like, I don't really like acting, but I like presenting. So I still, actually, I actually host a lot of live events still. And I host stuff for, well, on my own platforms, but also for brands. You know, increasingly, a lot of this work is online rather than on TV. Also, just because of the medium and, you know, consumer consumption patterns have changed. So to me, it's still the same skill. It's just on a different medium. And then to do with uh, the business part of things, I think that's something that I've always had is just to what extent, right? So three years ago, I started uh, Della, which is a platform that helps people live bigger, better, and brighter. And that was uh, the vision. And it sort of accumulated in like a website and, and content, right? And then so after that, I, I'm just taking it one step further uh, with two other partners, Sheila Sim and Claire of the Positive Movement. So we've set up Wonder and Wellness. And it's just that, I guess with Della, it's more like content that's online. And with Wonder and Wellness, it's more 
face-to-face -face content and also online but it's live like live webinars on zoom live sessions uh, on zoom and also increasingly we we are in the midst of planning retreats and stuff like that so uh yeah i don't know how to answer you in a short way right and i think it's it's hard because in the society we live in it it makes it very messy and hard for people to understand they're like what do you right. actually do you know so sometimes like when i the short answer is i don't work at all <laughs> <laughs> or uh, i just make money you know but the, the long answer is that i mean it's just it's just all parts um of my life that i guess i make a living from it's just all sort of connected but they're all kind of different in, at the same time right so I suppose maybe to to be fair to you as well, maybe I can rephrase the question in a sense that um, what is what is what are you most passionate about these days? I've always been passionate about connecting with people, right? So that hasn't changed, and that is probably also a product of my extreme extroverted personality. You know, because you know in school they may us take personality tests and and stuff like that, and my friends are like, how is it possible for a person to be 99% extroverted? I said, I don't know, but it's just the way that I am. Yeah. And also, I'm passionate about that. But increasingly, it's not just making the connections, but finding a way to help people be happier. You know, I've gone through periods in my life uh, where life wasn't always that happy, even though I feel like I've been quite blessed as far as life um, is concerned, right? Which kind of doesn't make sense if you think about it, right? So I, I realize a lot of it is to do with um, our sense of what's inside us. And there's a lot of it is to do with perspective and things like that. And that's why I've taken up positive psychology. And previously with Della, without the, ex the actual academic training in it, I was already trying to spread that message as I realized a lot of friends around me were very unhappy. But now I've, I guess I've started studying because I want to have a more science-based approach to it just to be able to help people uh, feel happier and a huge part of feeling happier, honestly, is in our human connection. So people yeah. say they don't need people, they don't like people. Uh, yeah, I mean, people of course need people to a different degree, like extroverts need it a bit more than introverts, but actually we, we all do need people and the quality of our human relationships is a huge part of what defines whether we're happy or not. Right. I think we're polar opposites. If you're ninety nine percent extroverted, I must be ninety nine percent introverted because, like, it like totally drains my energy, like to yeah. to 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 hang out with so many people. But having said that, I absolutely agree with you. Like the community and the people you're around with, they it really changes your perspective on life because sometimes it's at least in my experience, it kind of simplifies the fact that that's all you need, you know, having that yeah. love and support around you, regardless yeah. of whatever is going on. Have you found that to be true for yourself as well? Uh, it's definitely true. I mean, of course, like, I, I would have pegged you definitely for the more introverted person. Actually, you know what? A lot of people who create content online uh, are more introverted than extroverted. And I guess yeah, it makes sense, I, right? That's why we, co we create content online. So I'm actually... I, I would say a bit more of an anomaly, you know, in this space at least. Right. Um, but I'd say that it's not the quantity. And that's something that even as an extrovert, I have learned. You know, I have a lot of people in my life and a lot of friends. <laughs> it's true. And I do have a lot of energy. So, and it, it doesn't drain me, right? As an extrovert, it energizes me. So I actually do have a lot more capacity to connect and find time for people. But I've realized that it's the quality, you know, so I something's got to give. So with only 24 hours in a day, um, I've let certain friendships slide and I've made the time to strengthen the ones that really matter, 
right? And I think like for you as an introvert, yeah, you may not want to meet someone all the time, every waking moment of the day, but I'm sure the few connections that you have are very treasured and they are very uh, high quality, right? And that's also a lesson that I've had to learn from introverts, right? That actually it's really about the quality and science has proven the same as well, like the depth and the, the level of connection that we have is, is what defines whether a relationship is good or not and not the number of relationships we have. Yeah, because I mean, I suppose energy is finite. Like, even if you're extroverted, <laughs> I mean, there's only so much you can give to <laughs> to people. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm curious because I mean, if you're ninety nine percent an extrovert, like, how was circuit breaker for you and the lockdown? I mean, that must have been a bit of a disaster. <gasps> yeah, trust me, Nick. That was it. Was a real challenge. Again, I'm not gonna lie. Um, it happened on. It didn't help that my birthday was on the 6th of April and on the 7th, we went into lockdown. I mean, it's good oh, and not no. good. Yeah. The good thing is I got to celebrate on the day itself, you know, like normally. And then I was like, all right, no, I can do this. It's just a month. Don't be stupid. Just just deal with it, right? And I had all these plans. I was going to declutter my house and stuff like that. But by the third day in, I, I broke down. I literally and figuratively broke down. You know, I was clearing my room and I burst into tears. I know it sounds very silly, but oh, at no. that point, it was like, so I can't. You know, I'm so used to meeting at least two to three different friends, like from different groups or different groups of friends in a day. And to go from there to not meeting anyone was really, really tough. And so I actually burst into tears. I was like, I cannot cope. Uh, but in true extrovert style, I called up some of my friends. Right. <laughs> Video called because these are really close friends. I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, I'm going to like, I, I'm, I'm falling apart. I called my mom, you know, the baby that I am called my mom. And uh, yeah, that, that was not a fun point at all right um but then i think a lot of what i studied in positive psychology and i guess another um wrong assumption is that just because you are either even even more so if you are a psychologist or if you study this stuff that you would not get affected and that is so not true it's just that we i guess are a bit more equipped with tools and and skills on how to cope with it so i think a lot of my studies really helped and so i applied a lot of of what i learned into the time spent in the circuit breaker so much so that when we were into week three i think and they announced that it was going to be um extended for another month i was okay i have a few friends who actually texted me oh my gosh are you okay like don't <laughs> don't break down don't panic are you all right i was like i mean i wasn't like jumping for joy but i was really and truly okay right and i think that that made a difference um because i, I saw friends who for the first month they were okay and then when the extension was announced, they, they really like struggled and some of them actually broke down then. You know, because I think in their minds, like, you can just do one month and then it was like, huh, you extending it for another month. But for me, I think because I felt like those three weeks I had done the work and um, yeah, I was okay. I was really okay. And then after that, the second month, it was just, it was just getting on with things and I was honestly fine. That's it though. Once we <laughs> entered phase two, I was like, yes, I am so going to meet my friends. <laughs> Yeah, I can five, no problem. But I'm still gonna meet my groups of friends. Yeah, it's funny because I've been following uh, the videos that you post with Andy, and I and I and I specifically remember the one where I think you it, did. You guys record during circuit breaker as well, or, or we did. Or, we we did yeah. some Zoom sessions during circuit breaker. And and I remember you were like you said like you were dying. And Andy was like, oh, actually, I'm okay, you know. Yeah. And, you, and I was like, wow, I can relate to Andy more than you. <laughs> yeah. So so all the introverts were fine, especially in the first month, you know. But I think by the second month, he had started to get the cabin fever, and he has two kids, so it was a little bit challenging, I think, for him. I mean, that part of it, like, hats off to all the parents. 
I don't have to deal with kids cooped up in a small apartment, right? I cannot even imagine that. But yeah, um, yeah I think I think he was one of those people. Like in the second month, it was a bit more. It was a bit harder for him because he was prepared to just do a month. But to me, I think a lot of what I've learned also like tools and skills of resilience really came into play. And that's why like I was I was really honestly fine. You know, and towards the end, I actually felt grateful for the time because I feel like I learned to be by myself a lot more and learn to like being by myself a lot more, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wouldn't have forced myself to do that had we not been in circuit breaker. I know, Nick, you're probably like, what? I had, <laughs> you're probably thinking I had all this time to read and to do my own things and I didn't have to meet people. <laughs> No, but it's you know it, to to be fair, you know, like I also struggled, but it was also at the start, like you. Mm. The first two months was was also a challenge because for me, it was just adjusting to being productive at home, right? Like uh, for example, yeah. they're like, okay, now just work from home, and then it's like as if there's this assumption that as if I have uh, a great off work office set up. <laughs> it's not true, right? It's just a couch and, you know, Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not conducive. So, I, yeah. and then there's just, you know, like you're not sure how the how the economy will play out and stuff. So, you, that, that circuit breaker kind of was difficult to adjust because not only was I struggle struggling in terms of productivity, I was worried that, oh no, if I'm not productive, am I going to be affected like job-wise? Mm. So like it was just, I think it wasn't so much that I was stuck at home, but it was more like the repercussions of yeah. being at home and not being visible to, to I guess, the, the bosses or, yeah. or, or, or just, you know, being productive and feeling useful. So I think that was my challenge more. Yeah, I suppose I think- it's different. I think a lot of people, and myself included, one of the the huge things that I took away from the circuit breaker was to learn to deal with uncertainty. You know, as a person who is, I'm really not a planner and I'm a very spontaneous person. Most of the time it's like, hey, want to go to like Bali tomorrow? I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll check the flights and if it's not too expensive, I would, I would just book it, you know? So I am very spontaneous in that way and actually with a lot of parts of my life. So I never thought I was someone who couldn't deal with uncertainty. Really, really. I was like, yeah, you know, all these people who can't deal with it, I'm fine. But actually, I realized that a lot of the unhappiness from myself and also from, from talking to friends, a lot of everyone's unhappiness was dealing with this sense of uncertainty and that's what I'm hearing from you as well. Yeah. Right? It's this like, uh, will I still have a job after this? You know, how will my job be like? Uh, how will life be like? And uh, for me, I think some of the anxiety was was also, you know, stuff like that. And when we ran, uh, Sheila, Claire and myself, when we ran certain sessions online, uh, the Wonder and Wellness sessions, um, a lot of people's anxiety we found stemmed from this sense of uncertainty. Right, but then that is something that I learned that actually once you realise that that's the thing that you can't, that is bugging you, it's a lot Ironically, it's a lot easier to deal with after that. It's and once true. you accept that actually you really can't... We have no control. We have no control when the government's going to open up. We have no control over the disease, uh, most of all, right? And then once... The sooner we can accept that, um, the sooner a lot of things are easier to deal with. Yeah. For me, uh, that was like a huge lesson uh, that I took away at least. Yeah, I yeah I think... Uh, and you're right. Like, the the... The simplicity of that answer is is so true and yet it's the hardest to practice, right? Because we yeah. all know like, oh yeah, the, uh, what can I do? But then at the same time when it happens, you're like, oh my God, the, the, yeah. world, the yeah. world is over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so once you let go of that, you're like, I really, really can't do anything about it, you know? And I just might as well make use, the best use of my time now. Uh, yeah, for me, that was like 
the turning point i was like you know what i'm just gonna really really tidy my house okay it's still a little clutter you can see but <laughs> like really try as, as as much as possible to clear out a lot of things and to like just to clear out a lot of mess um physically but also like you know literally um yeah. figuratively as well and yeah then i felt like okay this is actually like time that has been gifted to us so just use it wisely yeah i'm curious what did you learn about yourself and and on what are the techniques you learned to really acclimatize yourself to that new normal because you mentioned that whatever you learned from positive psychology and the science behind it has helped you so i'm mm -hmm. curious what those are so there are a lot of things and some of them sound almost um silly or trivial in its simplicity and in its like yeah i mean of course right people would say that but actually it's not so science has thought like for example resilience there are a lot of things that build resilience and that contribute to your resilience right but it's just it's just making sure that these things happen so some of these are like for example being physically active and taking care of yourself physically right i mean it sounds so like yeah of course but honestly when you're going through a terrible time or you're suffering like mentally because oh, like for me i can't see my friends for you it might have been like oh no what's going to happen to my job right but then if we forget to take care of ourselves physically, it's actually one of the worst things we can do. So, you know, for me, for example, I have a group of girlfriends and we would meet on Zoom every morning at 8.30 to do insanity workout, which is honestly quite insane, you know. It is quite insane. <laughs> Hence the name, yeah. Yeah, it's really like, okay, I mean, I thought I was reasonably fit, but then when I did, I was like, what is this? But it was nice because it's a good challenge and it's a good time to like catch up and, and it's, it's community, right? For the extrovert, is like I had friends, even though I saw them on Zoom. Yeah. But then it also created a sense of like purpose and it created like a certain uh, routine, right? And then again, I was like, I, don't, I, I didn't like routine, but certain, certain rituals are important, right? So, so taking care of yourself, in, during circuit breaker, I got a lot more sleep than I've ever gotten in my life. Um, you know, things like that and trying to eat a bit healthier. So that's, that's the, the physical side of it. And then another thing that builds up our resilience uh, is the strength of, uh, strength of our relationships. So like I said, I learned to reach out when I needed help and I've learned that over the past few years right so part of it is also being able to be vulnerable interestingly we also did a session on that uh, for one time wellness right so I learned to like for example when I said I was crying I called my friends I'm like guys I'm really suffering and I would tell certain other friends like I really really am not doing well you know and then other things are like to find a sense of purpose and meaning so it's funny you mentioned productivity because I've I'm no stranger to working from home or working from anywhere, right? But like you said, for people who are more used to an office situation, it's hard to get used to. Yeah. So there are produced videos like how to be more productive working from home. You know, there are very small things that you can do to, to make it easier on yourself. Um, and, and so like, that's what I'm saying. So I found that what, from what I've studied, there are all these things that we can do. Something as simple as, for example, if you, are, if you know you are prone to feeling sad, or whatever, right? Why would you listen to sad songs, watch sad movies and read sad books? Because I get very, very affected, you so, know, especially by sad books. And so it's to the, to the point where it's not that it's bad to be sad, but why do I want to do that? There's a time and place to be sad, like when someone dies or when something really bad happens, but I'm not going to make myself sad by reading a sad book. And that's just the choice that I've made. Yeah. You know, so I've, I've curated playlists that are like happy. There are like certain songs that just happier than others if you're a lyrics person then it's based on lyrics if you are a beats person there are also if you do research there are certain songs that have a certain beat and a certain melody that are supposed are proven scientifically to put you in a good mood one of the, actually the number one happy song by the way is don't stop me now by queen interestingly is it really oh, yeah. I didn't know that. yeah 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 so so you know so, so it's just it's just taking the active steps for me to eliminate the chances for me to 
go into a black hole right yeah. so then you you just give yourself all these tools to succeed and you don't wait until like you're like wallowing in that horrible abyss then you try to pull yourself out it's a lot harder yeah. right but then if you take the steps like proactively to like it stay healthy you know to to on, to only consume content that you find positive and to always keep in touch with your relationships and stuff uh these are like tools that you everyone can use and i definitely used all of them in my arsenal and <laughs> I, i got not just got through i'd like to think i actually thrived during the circuit breaker after the first week <laughs> after the first week But yeah that's awesome right i mean like now you know like almost like any any sort of uncertainty and change you know you can kind of adapt quickly because you kind yeah. of already have the tools in your arsenal yeah and for it, sure and, and it's funny because um i can kind of resonate with what you said because um like way back when i used to suffer from clinical depression for like about 10 plus years yeah and it was funny because the one thing that i really learned and kind of practice over time was just to understand the the relation between the mind and the body mm. because Uh, I remember I was speaking with uh, my psychiatrist and he says like, you know, sometimes, you know, if your mind is not right, don't worry because your body and mind are connected. So if you eat healthy, you exercise, your body will tell your mind you are okay. Yes. And so because of that, your mind starts to reprogram and be like, oh, I'm yep. okay, you know. And then similarly, you know, if you're not feeling healthy and I mean, in terms of your gut health or your physical health, you know, if you're self-forgiving and if you like do things like meditation and mindfulness, the reason why those are effective is because it's essentially telling the rest of your body that, regardless of what is going on it's okay like that you're you're practicing enough love for your body to be able to comprehend i mean it sounds fluffy but your body no, that's to- the thing right yeah it yeah. sounds it sounds fluffy yeah. right but it is so true you're like sometimes your body can so called trick your mind you know and but you should just help your body to trick your mind into being positive more right right if it that's works like, right why not yeah and it, and it does work so sometimes like if you are like for example if you have to fake a smile right even if you're faking a smile to yourself in the mirror something as simple as that actually can help to your mind might be like oh you're i'm smiling so i must be happy right and and i think that's that's part of like what you're saying and that's a lot of what i i, I studied and yeah. and the body is such a powerful thing you know and so is the mind but yeah. they're not always in sync Yeah. Right. So not. so we might as well help ourselves. That's why I said I've just chosen to not consume negative stuff just because why? You know yeah. life is short and I don't want to be I don't want to spend it being unhappy. So I will just consume what I feel will keep me mostly in a in a good mood. Yeah. And that's great. I mean, I think is I think I half the battle is really awareness, right? And yeah. I, yeah, and we kind of take that for granted because we're like, oh, I mean, cuz like, you know, the moment people start adding the 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 new age science i would i would say you know of like those like mindfulness meditation and and just being present and all those stuff you know automatically we're like oh okay it seems easy enough there's no rush to do it yeah. but reali- in reality it's it's such a practice like it's so hard to like master those master your mind It, I mean, it really is. Like, honestly, like if I am such a like go out and you know pack my day kind of person, so this whole meditation thing was like, oh my gosh, so woo woo. You know what? Sit and close my eyes for like twenty minutes. What a silly idea! I could never do that, right? But yeah. then, honestly, meditation has helped me, and I've been encouraging people around me to try. And I do it for a really short time, like laughable, right? I tell people like if you if you just want to get started, just Google one minute meditation. 
and just do a one minute like anyone can do one minute and move up to two three four five you know before i sleep maybe i do 10 but i never go beyond that i'm sure yeah. it's better to go beyond that but i find that that's the amount of time that i feel like i want to give to it and it's okay and i do feel like there is um it's really helped me, right? But learning the science has helped me to not dismiss it, right? Because yeah. it's true, because when you learn to meditate, then, then certain neurons are fired and certain connections are made that were not made before. So the brain becomes smarter and, and it just is a lot calmer and less messy space. So I just do that like one, two minutes a day and it's still better than nothing. So I encourage everyone, please, you just do it one, two minutes a day. It's really better than nothing and just give it a chance. Like, don't knock it, you know, till you've tried it. Do one minute a day for a month and then tell me if you feel different because I'm quite yeah. sure you will. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm curious. I think this is a nice segue because now you have uh, all the tools and and strategies of and like of the things that you've learned either from life or from positive psychology training. But I'm curious. I like to go back to because before this yeah. session, you know, I was researching about you know how you came up and you know you started with Miss Singapore Universe and I remember in, in the article <laughs> you know it said that you know you you succumb to the pressure of you know being super thin or wanting to look good um, it, it feels like the the elephant in the room right I mean in terms of your line of work as an entertainer and stuff um, yeah that, I mean how how did you see that pressure then and how do you look at stuff like that now because I assume you kind of experience the same thing every now and again oh, of course and and yeah there is it's it's a huge elephant in the room because it's so much a part unfortunately of this industry right that you yeah. you need to look good and it's just anyone who tells you that you don't is lying honestly right because it's a visual medium and it's just part of it so uh, then I mean the thing is I've always naturally been slim but there was this pressure to be ultra thin, yeah. right? Leading up to the pageant and it's like there's a segment where you're in swimwear and then no girl wants like to have a poochy belly like sticking <laughs> out, right? So then yeah. there was this like, I've, I mean, I've always been lucky, I guess I've been active in sports my whole life. I've played competitive sport. So I've never worried about my weight or looking thinner. But then like one week before the pageant when we used to hang out we had to hang out a lot that period because we had trainings and rehearsals and everyone was like eating very little like, I'm like literally talking about like a punnet of strawberries kind of little like the whole the day yeah really? and then the thing is I don't even eat fruit and vegetables which is which is a <laughs> still, separate topic on its own still or uh, do you, still, do you eat them? wow no, not really. I don't, how I mean, do you look I so eat... healthy then I mean without yeah, eating fruit I, and I vegetables I wouldn't advocate it but yeah. I I eat some fruit, but I don't like vegetables. So it's just, I watch everyone eat like either a salad or like a whole bunch of strawberries and that would be their meal for the day. And I was like, oh, I need to like, I need to try this cutting out carbs thing. Because everyone's like, you know, if you cut out carbs, you will lose it very fast. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. It's just a week. You can do it for a week, Jake. Come on. It's like training for competition. I was like, okay, okay, fine. And so I tried it and it was, it was just a week. That quote was given just on the back of like having tried this for a week. And I was miserable. I don't know how people can cut out carbs, but carbs are like such a happy food. I'm not saying that you should eat like overdose on it, but... I think that it's horrible, honestly. So what it taught me is like it's horrible to deprive yourself of carbs, um, at least for me, or deprive yourself of something that you love. I think you yeah. can cut down. I think you can eat things in moderation, but it was horrible, right? And then the other thing was, it was horrible because if you're sacrificing all that and then I'm looking, I'm like, am I getting thinner? Am I getting thinner? And the thing is, I was already so thin, right? How much thinner could I get, you know? So yeah. I, I mean, I guess because I, I tend towards being thin, I did 
drop weight really fast, like two three kg just in that one week, well, and then it was all. Yeah, it is like I mean I think I'm just used to feeding my body a lot, so like cutting out like that was really quite significant. But it was just not worth it, and which is why like to this day I don't believe in dieting. I do have friends who ask me like, how do you stay slim at at our age? I'm not exactly spring chicken, right? They're like at our <laughs> age, like it's not so easy to maintain being slim. I say yeah, it's true. I mean that is true, but I I really feel like everything in moderation, you know now and. I eat whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, there are some things that I try not to eat too much of, like I hardly eat fast food, for example. But if I want, I will eat. I love Jollibee, but okay. you know, I will. I will. Just don't. I just don't eat it every day. You know, yeah. I, I try to like. I don't really eat a lot of dessert, for example. But again, I will have a cake because I like chocolate cake. And then if I do, then if I can't finish it, then I'll ask someone to share it with me. But I just think that it's just no fun living life. You know, like cutting out whole food groups. And and keeping to a strict diet. Firstly, because I'm a highly social creature. How do yeah. you go out and eat out if you have all these rules? Exactly. Secondly, yeah, food is a pleasure in life, and then you're denying yourself like a huge pleasure. So I, I mean, that's that's how I feel now. And the difference is the joy of being uh, older is you're just a lot more confident. And I realized that yeah, I mean, especially as I get older, there will always be people who are younger, prettier. I mean, it's a fact of life, right? Yeah. And there's no point competing with that. Like every time you see a fresh new face, you're like, oh my gosh! And then you like, oh, I'm so old. I'm so ugly. I'm not as pretty. I'm not as thin. There is really no joy in that at all. So again, I think the sooner you can accept that there will always be someone younger, prettier, uh, slimmer, fitter. You know, whatever it is that you think is positive, there'll always be someone who is better, right? Yeah. Better. Um, and once you can accept that first part, then you can accept the second part, which is, I'm pretty good myself. And then, you know, that I have things that other people don't have. And by that, you would live a lot happier life. And like I said, I, I eat whatever I want. Yeah. Mostly, and then you're just balancing out with working out. So if you're active, you eat more. If you're not so active, you eat less. That's that's generally how I feel. And oh my gosh, like I cannot imagine doing that one week ever again. <gasps> I know it's that it's it's such a struggle. But I think I think there's something you said that really hit the nail. I think, but I'm also curious on your thoughts. Do you think self acceptance comes with age? Because it's only like in the recent few years that I've been comfortable with like, you know, my acne scars and stuff like that. But when I was younger, I was like, oh my God, this is the worst. But, but now I'm like, yeah, who gives a shit, you know? But, yeah. So I, I'm curious, do you think it really comes with age or I don't know? I think age helps. I can, I can totally relate to acne scars. I know you can't see them now, but I, I had a, a really bad bout of acne when I was in a teen. And actually, it's something that I've struggled with all my life. Even though, now, my goodness, in my 30s, I still have to deal with adult acne. You know, bulks of it. I really don't see it, Jade. <laughs> I don't know. I feel <laughs> like it's we're, a we're, lie. In a, we're in a good skin phase now. <laughs> okay. But I mean, I mean, in all honesty, right? I'm not yeah. just saying that. I really, it's something that I struggle with. And I actually made a video about it semi-recently during the circuit breaker. Okay. You know, it, and it's been something that I've been so sensitive about even like I said now in my 30s talking about it even talking about it now actually makes me still I'm still a little uncomfortable right but I'm a lot more comfortable than I was talking about it then I used to get teased about it because I had like acne and stuff like that and I think part of it does happily come with age hey, some good things have to come with aging okay <laughs> yeah right I mean. <laughs> and I think a sense of self-assuredness and actually even if it's not so profound uh, just just a sense that like actually I don't really give a shit anymore yeah. really it's, you just don't really care as much 
that helps and that comes with age but the other part is i think people like you and and myself like we've done some work on ourselves to to in our mind you yeah. know and i think all that helps to helps with the self love process it really does like i really think that i'm still a work in a huge work in progress when it comes to self love still but there is a huge difference and a huge increase in terms of level of acceptance and good for you because i feel like that's probably what's happened with you as well you yeah. know because you you kind of know that at this point you have people who love you because of you and yeah acne scars not the most fun thing at all right but you know no one is perfect and it's just it's just part of it lah you know i think yeah. we just we just don't focus on these things as much as you get older you focus on the things that you're good at yeah and I, a huge I, Yeah, sorry. Sorry, saying. no. So I think I think what drew me to positive psychology is that a huge part of it is is that right? Psychology, the conventional psychology, focuses on the problem problems and how to fix it, and that's really important, right? Especially like if you said like you uh, suffer from clinic, uh, clinical depression before, you kind of need to fix that first. But positive psychology focuses on the good stuff and and ways to enhance it, right? So I think maybe part of it for you, like you've realized that you're really good at certain things. And you focus on that, and then so the, all the things that you're not so good at, or like the scars and stuff, just don't matter as much. I think for yeah. me, it's 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 a lot of it is to do with that. Like I just stop focusing on the stuff that I'm not that good at, like acting, maybe, <laughs> right? And I focus on the stuff that I am good at, and then that kind of reminds me that yeah, I mean, I have things that other people don't have, and so the yeah. small things that like scars and stuff don't mean as much anymore. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, it's a it's just a reevaluation, right? I mean, because yeah. and also I suppose the older you get and the people who stay around with you and your close friends, when you realize they don't change, then you realize that the flaws you see in yourself are only really seen by you because your friends are like, huh? Oh, what? I mean, I never really noticed your scars or yeah, or you know, or you know that you. Don't really like to hang out, you know. When we ask, when you ask, when we ask you to go out, but oh my you know. gosh, you are really such an introvert. That is what I give my introvert friends so much crap for. I'm like, what is with this me time, guys? I want to see you. They're like, yeah, but can I need some time alone? I know, I know. My friends, my friends always hate it because I mean, back then they're like, yeah, so we going out this Saturday. I said, like, yeah, yeah, but then on Saturday, I'm like, actually, guys, uh, maybe I'll see you. You are next. really, my gosh, my best friend is an introvert, so yeah. I, I'm so. I read Quiet by Susan Cain, yep. and it it really actually helped me understand introverts a lot better. Right, I still yeah. roll my eyes, okay, a little bit sometimes when 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 they do something like that. Uh, but I understand a lot better, you know, how it's very tiring for an introvert to be out like for five, six, seven, eight hours. Whereas for me, it's energizing. And you know, I tell them, hey, I know you're introvert, but can we try to find a middle ground? Like you can't, <laughs> you can't like bail. But then I may not ask them out every week, for example. I know they need time on their own and stuff like that. Right, but yeah. but that's that's just it. Like what you say, your friends love you for you, even though you may annoy them with like, you know, you're like, hey guys, I need some me time or whatever. The fact is, like, they just love you for for everything else that you are, you know. Yeah. And I think that. Sort of acceptance and knowledge, knowing that comes a little bit with age. Yeah, but although uh, disclosure, because I read the book "Quiet" by Susan Cain as well, yeah. I feel like she made us, she made us introverts <laughs> sound very, I don't know, like very anal about being introverted. But I don't think that's true. <laughs> you know, like oh, we I, need I, our quiet time. <laughs> we need, you know, we don't like to be disturbed. Energy is depleted easily. That's not true. I think, but you know, it's just. I think it's just. You know, we realize that with the finite energy we have, where 
how are we going to efficiently use it before yeah. it kind of runs down? You know what I mean? But then yeah. I don't know. I felt the book made it seem like oh, we talked to one person, it's over for the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know. It was it was an interesting book for me. It, it was oh, that's that's a very interesting perspective. I've not heard that perspective on that book. It, it did. I guess in a way, it did. She did make introverts seem like that, but. I think it also was nice. I took away from it like the... Strangely, right? Most of my close friends are introverts. Really, really. The closest ones, almost all of them are introverts. And I realised that it's kind of nice because I know that they picked me to be their friend. You know, with that little bit of energy that they have, they would like to spend their time with me. And the other thing that I took away from that book is if you're really close, like if you're in the inner circle of an introvert, you're kind of like you don't really drain their energy as much because you're part of their world. And if you feel accepted, if they feel accepted all that, yeah, then they don't feel like they have to try. And then it feels like it's just nice. It's not like I'm expending so much energy. So I think she didn't go uh, deep enough into that. Because yeah, I did get a bit of the like, why introverts so anal yeah. from the book? <laughs> yeah. Made it sound like a disability. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> but, but it must be so nice for you to feel that, wow, you're, you, all your introvert friends and they still want to hang out with you and they still accept your, your, you know, you wanting to hang out all the time. It must feel really good, huh? I mean, Yeah, that one does feel good. It does. Like, although I did tell her, hey, very hard to be your friend because I feel rejected half the time you know like I said like, because actually you're not rejecting me but you really just need this time alone but, yeah. but I've just learned to understand sort of their patterns and stuff like that and sometimes they tell me straight they're like you know what Jade like after that please make other plans because I cannot go with you to like party because I'm really like I will be spent by then and I'm like okay fine interesting yeah um I, I'd like to, to, to shift towards like the more reflective questions because mm-hmm. I'm also like mindful of your time. I don't want to, uh, I know your Sundays are busy. Um, <laughs> w- you know, you've since going into this line of work, I, uh, however you choose to define it, I think <laughs> uh, based on our first question, you'd yeah. rather not. Um, what, what life lesson has taken you the longest to learn during this period? Oh, wow. I would say... Um, that you can't plan everything. And that it's okay to take the unconventional route. I think the probably the second one took me the longest time, right? So I think I did talk a bit about the uncertainty bit. And that kind of ties into you can't plan everything, but... I think the second part took me a long time to realize, to learn and to accept. You know, because I was from a very normal heartland family. And in fact, my mom told me like, you know, no one in our family has ever been to university. So it was since like I was as little as I can remember, like I was like, you know, I'm going to do that. I'll be the first. And um, that was like a focus in my life. And I think growing up at that time, the narrative that was fed to us, both by the government and my parents, right, yeah. was if you study hard and you do well in school, you will do well in life and you will kind of like be able to make a so-called better life, right? So when I grew up, we had very little luxuries because we just didn't have extras for that, you know? So even something like going to like uh, Kopitiam, we would either not order a drink or have to share a drink just because it's an extra, right? So something yeah. like that. So I told myself like, when I'm, older i want to be able to spend money like on whatever i want whenever i want without thinking so hard about things right so it was very single-minded i'm gonna study hard do well in school and then go on to this amazing wonderful life that's supposed to be waiting for you at the end of graduation right yeah so so i did that i mean i mostly like with some 
um, hiccups along the way. Mostly did the, the so-called right thing. And I mean, I, I really didn't enjoy being in JC. I didn't. I, I thought the system was, uh, and then I didn't understand why I had to take like icons, for example. I wanted to do a pure arts stream, but it didn't happen. So, so but then I stuck it through because in my head, it's like, you just got to make it to uni. And I was afraid that if I went to poly, that somehow that plan would get derailed, right? Because it was harder to go to poly then. So glad they've changed that, by the way. Right. Yeah. So then I stuck it out and I went to uni and I was very focused. Like, okay, I have to graduate with like, like really good honours and I have to be on the dean's list and I have to make sure all that happened. So I made sure all that happened. But then after I graduated... I was so lost. I was like, what do I do now? I mean, like, I got, like, decent offers from a few companies and I wasn't sure which one to take and which industry even to be in. And um, and then MediaCorp called and then I was like, should I take it or should I not? But basically, it was a lot of the struggle. Even then, signing with MediaCorp was, this is the unconventional route. Is this going to lead me to the success that I told myself would happen? Yeah. Right. So my, but my parents, or my dad especially, was quite supportive. He was like, oh, it's just a two-year contract. Just try for two years. And then if it works, then it works. Lah. You know, you would still have only lost so-called two years. So I did that. And then two years became three years, became four years, became five years, six, seven, eight years. I had been in this industry. And I was like, by then, I was so in this industry that I was so worried that if I were to not sign on with the national TV station or radio station that I would be finished. Like, what would I be able to do, right? And, and I had a lot of struggles the whole time that I was actually signed with the station as well. When I saw my friends um, getting promoted to, like, mid-level manager, uh, mid-level managerial positions and stuff like that, I was like, in banks and stuff, I was like, that would have been me, you know? If I had done the so-called conventional route, if I had gone the conventional route, and... And I struggled so much with that, right? And then after that, when I left the TV station and I decided to do my own thing, wow, that was another struggle. I was like, at least then I was like assured of a certain regular salary and, and certain other things. And I'm like, now that I'm doing my own thing, I'm really taking the unconventional route. And I, I used to like prickle when people ask me like, what do you do? Like I'll get very upset because I'll be like, am I, am I doing anything at all? Now I don't get upset. I'm just like, how do I, um, like, like when you ask me, how do I explain this? Like yeah. in, a, in a short answer way, right? It's just a bit more like of a, um, a logistic, like how do I do it? But then I used to upset me because I felt like, am I just not doing anything that's uh, meaningful? Right. So I think I struggled so for the longest time with that, you know, thinking that I'm supposed to have this career, so to speak. And it's only in the past few years that I realized that actually the world is changing, right? Firstly, like there is no such thing as like this one career for life for sure. But there's also a lot of people who do midlife career switches. And there are also a lot of people who, who have a job and then they do a lot of really cool things on the side. Like you doing this podcast, for example, right? That is your passion that hopefully will be your career as well. And I tell myself, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky to be able to be doing my passion as a career, even though it's not the most easy to define, right? But I'm literally making a living, doing what I really, really like. And there's nothing that I'm doing now that earns me money that I don't like. I mean, there's certain aspects that are a bit annoying about the job here and there, but I, I love the work, you know, and I'm like, I should be grateful for that and not think like, huh, I'm not like a lawyer, doctor, banker, or whatever I thought was the conventional route. And I just feel like, well, if the sooner I should have figured this out, the like less tormented I would have been right. thinking about, you know, what is this route or what is the, the path in my life? What I'm going to be doing in 10 years time? I have no idea, but it doesn't matter anymore to me. So I yeah. know I'll be doing something meaningful and I'll be okay. That's so powerful because like, if you think about it, like 
we are so ingrained in what we were taught, uh, what yeah. we were taught like for so long that even when we are doing something we truly enjoy, in the back of my mind we're like, is this what I should be doing? Yeah. But in reality, it's like, but you're happy doing it. Why? Why are you doubting yourself? Yeah. Like, it's that education for, or, or the way the nurturing that we went through. For yeah. all those years, that really contributed to that negative mindset. I think. Yeah, it is. It's really, it's really that. Like you, you're like actually you're doing something that you really love, and it actually pays your bills. My goodness, you should be like feeling the like really lucky, and not like, huh, am I supposed to be like a, a a lawyer or banker now? You know, it's just it's just funny, and I understand why my parents thought like that because it was a different time then. And I mean, that's actually something that I I don't know how to impart this to the younger generation. I feel like the families who, kids who come from like business families or more well-to-do families that maybe have more of a, um, the advantage of being exposed to this sort of thinking or ideas from young, um, it is an advantage, right? And I would love to be able to somehow communicate that to kids that it's okay. You don't have to do the conventional path. And even if you're not from like a super well-connected family, you can make your own path and you can do your own thing. And and, and, and the success or whatever people define as success is not that one picture, you know? And, and that's, yeah. I think, a, a huge part of, of what I hope to be able to communicate in a small way. The success is really like being happy, whatever that is. Yeah, 100%. I think, and it's so funny what we, what we deem as conventional, right? Because if yeah. you think about it, it's like our grandparents instilled in our parents what the conventional yeah. is. And <laughs> yeah. when they didn't make it as that, they were like, okay, but now you are, it's your turn yeah. to, to make the... <laughs> but then by the time it reached us, like the conventional wasn't really being a lawyer or a doctor. It yeah. was, I don't know, being, I don't know, entrepreneur or whatever it is, right? But yeah. then for our kids, it might the convention might be uh, esports gamer, you know? Like you just never yeah. know what yeah. convention is. And I think... It's it's time that we kind of shift the way we we inspire people to yes. do the things that matter to them. I suppose I I, I like hundred percent agree with that. You know, and I I don't know how that's going to happen, but it's just I think it starts with just redefining what success is in life, and it will it will be a journey for everyone to discover that for themselves, right? But I think I think that's the number one question to start asking: What exactly would it mean to be successful? Yeah. Uh, final question, and yeah. I think it's it's a great segue because of what you said in your last sentence. Um, what what would the Jade of today advise the Jade of when she just got started? I guess in this in this in her career to be more successful in the way you choose to define success. That is the big question, or a big question. I would. <laughs> With a very unprofound answer, I would tell myself, can you chill the toot 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 out? Seriously? Because I was so like, you know, I think like overly worried and overly ambitious thinking about like, what's my next plan? Do I like, if I go into advertising now, what would be my five-year plan? If I do banking now, what would I do after that? You know, and then all these worries when I was in school. And actually, if you just chill the hell out, yeah. like, and I just, just focus on doing um the things that you enjoy and that you're good at each step of the way. I mean, I really enjoyed school, don't get me wrong. Right? And I enjoy studying. But it's just like the, the thinking about what next, what next, what next was like what actually robbed my happiness, you know? And I think I would just say, chill the hell out and stop thinking about what next, what next. You know, life is so unpredictable, honestly. So I would say like, you know, create the best opportunities for yourself. 
keep your eyes and ears open and then grab you know the things that come your way and pursue and do whatever you can like to the best of your ability but like really thinking too hard and worrying about stuff that you cannot control is what I'll tell myself please don't do that at that age you have your whole life in front of you my goodness nice <laughs> Chill the hell out. Words yeah. to live by by Jits. Yeah, <laughs> that that could be your autobiography. You know, the title of your autobiography. Yeah, right. <laughs> chill the hell out. Really, chill the hell out. <laughs> I love it, Jit. Thank you so much for for being on this podcast. Uh, for our listeners who don't know your uh, your channel and how to find you, do you want to just you know uh, do a quick blurb about Della and 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 the other projects you're working on? Okay, I guess the easiest way is to just follow me at JCA on Instagram, and uh, actually I update almost everything there. Uh, yeah. Wonder and Wellness is just wonderandwellness.co. Either that was Della.com, D-E-L-L-A-A.com. But yeah, actually just follow at JCA. I'll update everything there, and uh, yeah, I mean I just hope that everyone you know makes the effort to help yourselves to be happier. I love it. Uh, for following Jade Sia on Instagram is basically watching a lot of weight wakeboarding videos and realizing <laughs> I'm a bum. <laughs> basically, because every morning at like I don't know so early in the morning and you're already wakeboarding. I'm like, am I so useless? I can't even do- <laughs> I'm still waking up. But yeah, I love it. Thank so you so funny. much, Jade. I really Thanks, appreciate. Nick. Thank you.